Early morning rains in northeast Iowa are breaking up or have moved into Wisconsin. That was the start of what is expected to be an active several days of weather in the Midwest. We'll have a now what conversation about carbon pipelines. And it's Monday. That means it's time for an update from the world of used equipment. Live via Farm Journal broadcast on the date Johnny Carson was born, this is AgriTalk. This morning we'll hear from Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. Then we'll get some reaction to recent carbon news from RFA President and CEO Jeff Cooper. Right after the news with Ty and Morgan, we'll get a weather update from Brett Waltz of BAMWX. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler, and now, the host of AgriTalk, here's Chip Flory. <laughs> well done, Joe. Well done, and thank you so much. I hope you had a good weekend, buddy. It was. Uh, it was busy, but good. Yeah. Yeah, you always have busy weekends. Yeah, lucky me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We had, It was busy around the Flory Ranch, too. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Lean 2 got a new roof. Uh, thanks to the boys for that. I appreciate the help on that. Uh, um, yeah, there. it was just uh, things were happening. Things were happening here. So, all right. Thanks, Joe, sure. and welcome to AgriTalk. I am Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us on this Monday morning. Um, thunder, lightning overnight, early this morning, made its way across eastern Iowa. It's breaking up now, but uh, we'll get the outlook from Brett Waltz coming up here in just a little bit, but it looks like it's going to be a fairly active week ahead. Right now, let's bring in the host of U.S. Farm Report, Tyne Morgan. Good morning, Tyne. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you, Chip? We're doing just fine, just fine. Davis has got the day off, so... Tyne was gracious enough to come in and, and uh, put together some news for us. So let's go ahead and get started. What do you got? Well, first, I was going to say I hope Davis is somewhere warm, but it's been so warm here <laughs> in, in Missouri lately that, yeah. I mean, it, it feels like summer, Chip. Oh, absolutely. It, you know, and it, it's cool this morning, but we're supposed to be more than 70 degrees this afternoon. And I'm telling you this, I don't know what it's like down where you're at, Tyne, but the leaves are no longer turning. The leaves have turned. It is a, it is just color everywhere up here right now. Yeah, it's the colors definitely muted a little bit in some areas. We need we need some rain. But I'm telling you, yeah. talking to a lot of farmers in this area, some are going to finish up harvest because we just haven't had a yeah. lot of breaks due to due to little moisture. That'll change this week, which I'm sure we'll hear in the forecast. Well. The saga to find a new House speaker continues. That's after a closed-door meeting late last week, as well as consecutive failed votes, derailed Ohio Republican Jim Jordan's quest to become the next House speaker. Now, according to our Washington correspondent, Jim Wiesmeyer, there are now nine members entering the race, with House Majority Whip Tom Emmer, a Republican from Minnesota, dubbed an early favorite. But the race is on to find a new House speaker as President Biden is now asking Congress for $106 billion in an emergency aid package. The proposed money is for support to Israel and Ukraine, as well as bolstering border security and addressing humanitarian needs. Of the proposed aid, more than $61 billion is for Ukraine, with an emphasis on supplying Department of Defense equipment and replenishing weapon stocks, 143 14.3 billion for Israel and more than 9 billion would go toward humanitarian aid in Ukraine, Israel and Gaza. Well, Friday's Catalan feed report chip shows an increase in the number of cattle and feed lots. Mm-hmm. USDA reports feed lots with a thousand or more head had a total of 11.6 million head of cattle as of October 1st. That's up 1% compared to the same time last year. It's also the second highest October 1st inventory since the report yeah. started in 1996 and chip feed yard placements those shot up six percent from october 2022 and marketings those fell 11 percent. yeah it it was a surprisingly bearish report that we got and the market is showing it today december live cattle down more than three bucks february down more than three and a half bucks november feeder cattle down 260 january down 320 so the market is reflecting it and people are asking the question right now uh, you know, what is this cattle market telling us about the overall economic conditions out there? I think this is just a, you know, a one-off on a supply surprise. Uh, I, honestly, I think that's all it is. Well, as we know, if you're looking to rebuild your cattle herd, 
it's going to cost more. And the size <laughs> of the average, the size of the average U.S. farm loan, though, Chip, is shrinking. That says more farmers look to be tapping into their cash reserves versus taking out a loan that comes with that higher interest rate. So the Kansas City Fed shows the number of new non-real estate farm loans was flat a year ago, but the average size of that loan is nearly 20% smaller. Operating loans over $1 million, those fell, which marks the third consecutive quarter of a decline there. Chevron looking to secure its dominance in the U.S. oil industry. The company announcing it will acquire Hess for $53 billion. The all-stock transaction allows Chevron to have a significant stake in Guyana, an emerging oil-producing nation. Chevron will now own a third of recoverable resources there. The country is home to what's equivalent to more than 3 billion barrels in those resources. This is the second big consolidation announcement within the U.S. oil industry the past few weeks. ExxonMobil recently announcing the acquisition of Pioneer Natural Resources Company for $58 billion. And new legislation chip is aimed mm-hmm. at blocking EPA's tailpipe emission rules. A coalition of 25 Senate Republicans have introduced the Choice in Automobile Retail's Sales Act. It's aimed at curbing EPA's tailpipe emission rules, which would effectively require two-thirds or 67% of new light-duty vehicles and 40% of medium-duty pickups and vans to be electric by 2032. The legislation is tied to a companion piece of legislation in the House to strike down EPA's proposal. Industry groups, including the American Petroleum Institute and the National Automotive Dealers Association have voiced their support for the bill, arguing the EPA rules are too aggressive and unattainable in the proposed time frame. And Chip, that's a look at your news on this Monday. Excellent. Thank you so much, Tyne. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chip. You bet. You bet. Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Let's bring in Brett Waltz of BAMWX.com. Good morning, Brett. Uh, good morning, Chip. Wow. Uh, it rumbled through here early this morning, and it sounds like we've got uh, some additional fronts that are going to be making their way across the Midwest yet this week. Yeah, it sure did. And it's going to be a big deviation for a lot of people that uh, have had a drier fall. I, I think that there's some pretty heavy rain all the way from Texas through Oklahoma and then up and up into your neck of the woods as we work late this week. And another system as we work late this weekend and into early next week. A lot of areas across the Midwest could see one, maybe even three inches of rain over the next eight or nine days. Yeah. And it sounds like it it, it sounds like the wind's gonna come along with it, Brett. Is that right? Yeah, it will. They're, they're, these are powerful, powerful cold fronts. Yeah. Um, and, and so a lot of areas are going to see, you know, 30, 40 mile an hour wind gusts as these fronts actually sweep through. There's a number of them. There's two or three of them over the next nine days. And maybe some snow across parts of North Dakota and the southern Canadian prairies as well. I was trying to uh, avoid using the S word, but it's <laughs> going to be inevitable for us here before too long, I have a feeling. Uh, hey, you've got BAM WX has a big seminar coming up on Wednesday. Tell me about it. Yeah, we do. It is our annual winter weather webinar. We're going to talk about the North American winter, but also South American growing season. We'll have our official forecast unveiled there, what the season's looking like down there, but also snow. You know, are some of these areas going to be replenished as we get throughout uh, this summer or winter time? Uh, it's bamwx.com slash webinar. All right. www.bamwx.com slash webinar. It starts at 10 o'clock Central Time on Wednesday, so you can either come back and listen to the podcast of AgriTalk or get registered and check out the recording of the webinar from BAM WX later. Thanks, Brett. We've got Machine Repeat next. At Simplot Grower Solutions, success starts with seed. For each field condition, climate, and agronomic management style, your local Simplot Grower Solutions crop advisor can help you select and provide the seed that enables you to plant a strong foundation for the growing season. Our team of seed experts are committed to your success and will offer the support you need to optimize your yield potential. Contact your local crop advisor now for your best seed opportunity or visit SimplotGrowerSolutions.com for more information. When it comes to combines, capacity and costs keep going up. So if you aren't the largest farm in the county, how do you achieve the high harvesting efficiency of the big operations while still keeping costs in check? Start by checking out the Kloss Trion 740. The latest Kloss combine delivers high reliability, low maintenance, gentle threshing, 
and surprising efficiency. The Kloss Trion 740. Learn more at Kloss.com. No doubt you've heard of MetLife, but did you know that MetLife Investment Management has over 100 years of ag lending experience? The MetLife Investment Management team maintains close relationships with its borrowers and can structure a customized loan with flexible terms to meet your financial needs. Looking to expand, refinance, or recapitalize? Consider MetLife Investment Management. Learn more at MetLife.com forward slash ag. The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find The Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail. (coughs) Hello? Man, where are you? I thought you were coming. I can't. I'm in bed with the flu. (coughs) The flu? Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. This is Andrew McRae, host of The American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from Northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in our industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends from grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Welcome back to AgriTalk. Davis has got the day off, taking a long weekend, uh, getting together with some family and friends. So he'll be back with us tomorrow. Looking forward to getting him back in here. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the conversation with Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. And Greg's out on the road today, too. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well, Chip. Uh, how's your Monday going? No, we're off to a, a flying start. A little soggy, a little soggy here in Northeast. Now, what did, you you know? might have got it there in Rochester, too, huh? Yeah, we did. I, I was taking our our daughter and son-in-law and grandson up to the Minneapolis airport, uh, catch a flight back to Cincinnati this morning. And yeah, we drove through some heavy rain here uh, north yeah. of Rochester. So very welcome. I mean, overall, yep. we obviously were so dry. Good for uh, next spring. So happy. To That's see right. You. That's right. And you never know. I mean, a, a lot of the rain that we get right now is going to go straight into the ground and, and the ground's going to hold on to it, but it could help lift that Mississippi just a little bit here and, and put a little, take a little pressure off the, the tugboat and the barge operators out there. Uh, but that's that for a conversation. Be nice. Yes, it certainly would be. <laughs> uh, that's for a conversation in the afternoon hour of AgriTalk. So let's get to it. What do you got for the pick of the week? Well, I didn't have too much choice this week, Chip. Uh, it was a tractor <laughs> sold a week ago today, last Monday night, actually online auction a collector sale out of uh, chesterfield illinois by handled auctioneering oh yeah this sale and the tractors on the sale really had people talking uh there was a somewhat of, well not somewhat but a rare john deere 6030 uh it was a non-turbo they only made 45 of those so you know i i think back in the day early 70s there i don't know if there was much interest in them but anyway this yeah. thing had people talking coming into the sale last monday now, to set this up, all the years I've been tracking auction prices, yep. highest auction price ever on a 6030 was 64K back in, uh, it was on June 28th of 14, Bedford, Iowa, very famous collector auction. That was a restored open station, just beautiful, 64K. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well, this thing last Monday night, the hammer price online was 141000 
<laughs> then you had to tack on 7% buyer's fee. It was $150,870. So, I mean, wow. It, it's just, yeah. you know, incredible. And, oh, by the way, it was another 60-30 on the auction last Monday night, a 70 model uh, with a cab, and it was restored. I think it only had 4,598 original hours on it. That brought 81855 and I felt sorry for it. It got lost in the wash of all the chatter on the 150,001, yeah. but that, it was just unbelievable. So number one and number two price for the sixty thirties come off the same auction. Yeah, and by a factor, and you know, again, yeah. folks, I've seen lots, of, tons of sixty thirty sold, and they've been you know right at the heap with the twelve oh sixes and the D twenty ones, the most popular muscle tractors. As the collector dollars have shifted into that mode over the past decade plus, but I mean, this is I mean it's been happening to a higher degree now, and uh, again, you just can't. You just can't predict what it's going to do. Now, we put out a promo on the auction in advance, and you could feel the heat. But again, one hundred fifty thousand eight hundred seventy bucks was uh, really something. And what I appreciated on the discussion on our Facebook page was, okay, there were forty five of these made. Can you imagine if you own one of the other forty four? Oh yeah. And you just watch this one go for one fifty eight seventy. Now, sometimes it's hard to catch lightning in a bottle twice, but these days when you promote on the internet and such you know machine yeah. repeat whatever uh yeah i think there'll be some people weren't planning on maybe thinking of selling but now ooh, maybe I, maybe i should so yeah it's quite a sale yeah absolutely it, just uh incredible so what what else happened at this sale well again i feel bad but uh you know how about this now that the fact that i didn't lead with this is amazing but they also had a 1969 john deere 5020 diesel fully restored with a canopy again to set it up highest i'd ever seen was 68 and a quarter on a mecham auction two and a half years ago and we know mecham does awesome job so 68 and a quarter was the high water mark okay this one brought a hundred thousand and then tack on the 7%, so right at 7000 $107,000 for a 5020. Now, it was restored. It had a 12-volt, 400-horse uh, uh, motor bought off the Kinsey auction a number of years ago. So it was not your standard 5020, obviously. And it looked beautiful, but 107000 bucks. They also had a 4020 front-wheel assist. Uh, that brought 43121 They had a 4620. With a roll bar restored, that brought thirty-three eight twelve. So it was it was quite a sale last Monday in Chesterfield, Illinois. You know, the amazing thing is is that these are items that are being sold. You know, as it, obviously collector items, um, but these are tractors that Greg, when you and I were <laughs> starting to pay attention to what was going on around us, these are the tractors that were out in the field doing the work. Yeah, we're getting old, my friend. That's all there is to it. It's uh, you know, but really, it's 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 my machine repeat rule of twelve, which okay. is whatever your favorite tractor is when you're twelve, it's going to stick with you. Now, yep. when you get to be our age, you know, now hopefully in your career you you weather the ups and downs, maybe you have some more disposable income. The kids are gone, and you drift back to being twelve, and your grandpa's fifty twenty or sixty thirty or whatever twelve oh six. And when one comes along like this. When emotions are involved, I'm not one to judge and say that was too high a price. You know, happiness is comes in different ways in life. And if it makes you happy to have a tractor like that, then God bless you. That is a beautiful thing. And you can't really put a price tag on that. That's right. That's right. Okay. You dropped a new podcast on Friday. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, it's perfect timing with this topic, antique tractors. I visited with my good friend, Kurt Amon, of course, Amon Vintage Power out of Nacoma, Illinois, and we just talked to collector markets. And by the way, folks, today, uh, day two of their annual fall five-day online collector auction, and today selling is an original Minneapolis Moline UDLX. Now, we've seen the restored ones, what they've done over the years, you know, selling for you know, 125, 150, seen them as high as 215.3 on a Mecham auction. But this one, absolute original paint, and the look of it is amazing. And last night I checked out, my bid was already up to 120K. And again, I think 6 o'clock Central tonight, 
almondvintagepower.com. Check it out, folks. And they also have a 1937 John Deere 62 tractor, only 78 of those made. That was already up to 41K. Oliver, for you Oliver fans, a 2255 mechanical front wheel assist restored. That was up to 32.5 last night. So check it out. Uh, again, almondvintagepower.com. But check the podcast out. Kurt and I just yacked for about 40 minutes about the collector market, and Kurt is a great storyteller. Went to auction school when he was 12 years old. So he's lived it his whole yeah. life and loves old tractors. Just had a grandson. He grew up uh, driving Oliver tractors, and his grandson's name is Oliver. So hmm. perfection. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think you need that UDLX. That would look good driving around Rochester. Oh, man, put a machine repeat <laughs> logo on that thing. I'll just roll down the window and wave and. Well, hey, they built that thing to work in the field all week and drive into town Saturday night. So I'll tour around yep. Rochester and that. I'll come down to uh, Denver, <laughs> Iowa. We'll have a good old time. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you got another big auction coming up on Saturday. We better get to that. Yeah. Yeah, folks, Saturday, I'm going to be in Winchester, Kentucky. If you're in the area, please come out. It's Taylor Auction Company. This is a retirement sale for Grayson Farms. And let me tell you, we might have some more records. They have 28 tractors wow. on this auction. A full line of equipment, hay tillage, planning, beautiful equipment. But, man, they got a 4455 two-wheel drive with 3,549 hours. They got a 4055 deer two-wheel drive, I think just over 3,000 hours. A 93 model, 4960, 3,637 hours. And I could go down the list. I mean, they got a John Deere 7630 with 1,300 hours, 2755, 1,382 hours, a pair of 6430s, like 1,500 hours. Beautiful low-hour deer tractors. I'm going to be there Friday, do a little preview video, talk to the owner, and then I'll be there on site Saturday. We'll film some stuff for our TV show and YouTube channel. So Winchester, Kentucky, here I come this Saturday. It's going to be 28 tractors. Yeah, that's an, it's, that's an uh, incredible list. Well, that'll make me come from Rochester, Minnesota to Winchester, Kentucky to film that baby because we're going to have a ton of fun. So <laughs> buckle up, folks. I mean, the, the highest price I've ever seen on a 4960 is 114K. And the way things have been going, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's uh, like I say, it's, we'll be buckle your seatbelt. It's going to be fun. Yep. All right, buddy. Hey, you travel safe, Greg, and we will. Get a report on uh, on this weekend sale on Monday morning, okay? You bet. It'll be fun. Have a great week, Chip. All right. Thank you so much. That is Greg Peterson, Machinery P. Uh, okay, there are some. The landscape on carbon pipelines changed late last week. What does it mean for ethanol's future? We've got Jeff Cooper from RFA up next. In farming, you don't do anything halfway, because putting in half the effort yields only half the reward. Protivate Nutritional Seed Enhancer from Coke Agronomic Services is a dual-purpose solution that gives young crops critical nutrients for early uniform emergence, plus seed circulation and flowability. And with multiple formulations, you'll find the right fit. Plant smarter with Protivate. To get started, contact your Coke Agronomic Services representative or local ag retailer, or visit getgreatergrowth.com. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if if they can think it, they can do it. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach looking across the uh, the grain markets. We've got mixed trade, but let's start with the gainers. Do you want to start with wheat or soybean meal? Uh, let's start with meal, Chip, uh, okay. because that, that market, uh, it was under pressure earlier on, and, and uh, we've seen buyers come in underneath the market, and, and now 
uh, trading more than 450 higher here in the front month contracts uh, uh, at mid morning. So uh, good strong move to the upside. That's helped pull corn off, or excuse me, soybeans off their lows uh, for yep. the day, and, and trading just uh, modestly um, below unchanged at the moment. Uh, in the soy oil market, it's under pressure, so we got quite a bit of spreading activity going on within the soy complex this morning. Yeah, it seems like that has helped corn work up off of uh, the session lows as well. Yeah, uh, so not a lot of seller interest in, in corn today. Um, you, you mentioned wheat to it in, initially, and, and uh, it's trading to the upside, so that's helping to limit seller interest in, in corn. So just a modestly weaker tone in both corn and soybeans here at mid-morning. Boy, a surprisingly bearish cattle on feed report on Friday, Brian. Absolutely, and, and putting heavy pressure on futures as expected. Uh, you know, the, the on-feed number as of October 1 was just fractionally up from a year ago, but the placement's up sharply, marketing's down sharply, and, and uh, you know, that uh, combination is bearish and, and uh, really weighing heavily on the, uh, the cattle complex here to uh, open up the week. Yeah, and it's pulling the feeder cattle market down as well. I don't know if it's a one-off or a trend change, but it feels like a one-off, doesn't it? Yeah, um, we'll see where it goes yeah. from here. But, uh, you know, the initial knee-jerk reaction is obviously bearish. Absolutely. All right, we've got make that lean hogs under some light pressure this morning as well. Thank you, Brian. Pro Farmer Editor, Brian Grady on Markets Now. If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA. There's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, We've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors. No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov pact to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come, Come to, to VA. VA. Hi, I'm Ag Day host Clinton Griffiths, and I invite you to join me each morning as we cover the nation's food system. From fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between. America runs on agriculture. And here at Ag Day, agriculture is what we do best. Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clayton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. AgriTalk is brought to you by Bravant Seed. You want someone who knows how to do the whole job. That's what ag retailers do. That's why Bravant Seeds are available only through retailers. Find yours at bravant.com retail. All right. Welcome back to AgriTalk. Glad that you were That was interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting oh. abrupt ending to the bump. <laughs> Glad that you're with us. Peanuts we're... are so overrated. <laughs> are we still working to get Jeff? No, we got him. Okay, we've got him. Let's go ahead and get him in here then. Jeff Cooper is the president and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association, and he joins us right now. Jeff. Man, it's been too long. It's good to talk with you again. Yeah, well, good morning, Chip. Thanks for having me this morning. You bet. You bet. Glad that you're here because I, we need to get some perspective on exactly what is happening with with the pipe with the carbon pipelines. Uh, yeah. Navigator CO2 Ventures canceled the Heartland Greenway project last week. What is your reaction to that? What is it? How does it change the the landscape going forward. Well, it was certainly disappointing news to hear, Chip. Uh, we we uh, obviously have a number of member companies, and there are many other ethanol facilities and 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 other agricultural facilities that were intending to utilize the the Heartland Greenway CO two pipeline project to sequester uh, their carbon and and reduce the carbon intensity of the products they're producing. So we were. Uh, certainly discouraged and, and disappointed to see that project being canceled. But but I will say this, uh, it doesn't distract or, or really deter from our industry's uh, goal of continuing to reduce the carbon intensity of ethanol. And, and right. our members have pledged to reduce the, the CI to the point where we're net zero on an emission standpoint by 2050 or sooner. And 
there are other ways to reduce carbon intensity. Certainly, these pipelines um, are important in that, but there are other ways to do this, um, and we're going to keep you know keep working toward that goal. Yeah, yeah. Now, Navigator cited that uh, the regulatory uncertainty in Iowa, in South Dakota, in particular, but eminent domain uh, was a, a source of controversy on on uh, the Navigator project. And it's got to it, it's a source of controversy for Summit Carbon Solutions, for Wolf Carbon Solutions as well. But there are still other pipeline projects that are in the works. Do we have a status update on on either of those projects? Well, yeah, we, we do. And I, I think the, the bottom line, Chip, is those project developers continue working with landowners uh, and, and you know, with farmers and, and other property owners uh, to, to navigate some of those difficulties and some of those challenges. And, and that communication continues to happen. There are, are places where the, the route is going to need to change slightly. There are places where it's already changed slightly to accommodate uh, the needs of different landowners. Um, you know, we, we are hopeful and, and remain confident that uh, some of these projects will continue to move forward. Um, yeah. There's another project that, that doesn't get a lot of attention that uh, in, in Nebraska, where the pipeline is already in the ground. It, it, it was a pipeline that previously transmitted natural gas and it's being recommissioned uh, to ship CO2. Um, and so we're certainly hopeful that that one moves forward quickly. Uh, but yeah, the, the other two that you mentioned, we, you know, we, we continue to uh, watch those very carefully and, and hope that the concerns of, of landowners are being properly addressed and, and that, that, that we're able to see those projects move ahead. Okay, very cool. You know, and we've got a great example up in North Dakota of a, of a plant that is in the right geography so it can just take a pipe out the side run it straight down in the ground and they're yep. sequestering their their own carbon on their own site uh and their carbon intensity score has got to be next to nothing isn't it jeff yeah it, it is when you when you consider that gasoline is around 100 grams per megajoule that's the ci for gasoline uh that plant that you're talking about in north dakota is down around 25 or 30 Wow. Uh, so that's about a 70, 75 percent reduction compared to gasoline, uh, you know, with other technologies, with a few other tweaks and, and bells and whistles to that process. They could absolutely be at a net zero carbon footprint, um, you know, fairly yeah. soon. There, there are other plants uh, across the Corn Belt um, yeah. that, that also happen to be sitting on top of the right geology and, and, and may have the ability to sequester on site and, and therefore would not need um to rely on on pipelines and and so uh -huh. you know we we do expect to see some of those projects move ahead in the years to come okay what and and what about projects like um uh, like green methanol yeah is, is there a future for that in in the ethanol world well yeah we we think so we we think there are lots of other things you can do with co2 uh, you know, in addition to just putting it underground and sequestering it, CO2 has value as a feedstock yeah. for further processing into other chemicals and, and, and into other products. Um, there is, you know, there are several technology providers out there looking at taking CO2 from ethanol plants and converting it into green methanol. Methanol is, and, and then that, you know, that's a fuel that uh, can power marine vessels and, and has other applications. Um, there's, there's several other technologies looking at the use, the utilization of CO2, uh, into other products. You know, another kind of interesting one that we've been hearing about recently is the injection of CO2 into, you know, concrete and, and cement building products. So you're, again, you're basically permanently sequestering, uh, this, the CO2, and it's also helping, uh, to, to produce a, a you know, useful product. So, there are lots of other alternatives that are being explored and, and looked at very carefully by our producers. So why is it, why is this CI score, the carbon intensity score of zero by 2050? Why yeah, is well, that such an important effort? Yeah. Great, great question, Chip. And I, I think, um, you know, if you look at this administration's announced objectives, they, they want to get to, to, 
zero emissions on a net basis, zero emissions of greenhouse gases by 2050, economy-wide uh, by 2050 or sooner. Um, the transportation sector is a huge source of emissions. Um, and so there, we, we know that it's going to be one of the primary focal points for efforts to reduce emissions. It already has been a, and, and you know for years and will continue to be. So we think if we're able to position ethanol and, and show that ethanol uh, substantially reduces emissions today and can achieve a zero CI carbon footprint, uh, that that's going to keep ethanol very competitive in the future and and, and really allow liquid fuels uh, to con continue competing with electrification and some of the other technologies coming at us. Well, this is this is where we start talking about ethanol to jet fuel, right? Absolutely. And that's that's really another reason that this is so important um, in order to qualify for some of the tax credits uh, around sustainably aviation fuels. And, and really those tax credits help make the process economical, but you have to show that you're a 50% greenhouse gas reduction, uh, compared to conventional jet fuel. And really one of the best and quickest ways to get below that 50% threshold for ethanol, it would, you know, would be through carbon capture and sequestration and some of these other technologies that are out there. So, um, that's why it's so important that if we are as an industry going to, uh, you know, participate in some of these really exciting market opportunities moving forward, it's incumbent on us to get that carbon intensity number down. Yeah. Yeah. How about the letter or the, the legislation, excuse me, it, it, that is, oh, countering EPA's tailpipe emissions. Tell me about that. Yeah, so there, there has been some legislation introduced uh, recently in, in both yeah. the House and Senate um, that, that effectively would prevent EPA from using the tailpipe emission standards as a you know, mandate in disguise or a de facto mandate for electric vehicles. Um, right. and, and, and frankly, we've been saying all along, and again, this is all related to what we've been talking about. If we are measuring carbon emissions on an apples-to-apples -apples basis, uh, we think certain liquid fuels and ethanol specifically are going to compete very favorably. And, and, yeah. and we're going to be able to show that you can get the same emissions reductions out of renewable fuels that you can get from electrification, but only if we're counting carbon on an apples to apples basis. And, and unfortunately, EPA's tailpipe regulations only look at the tailpipe. They completely ignore what happens upstream of the vehicle. And so they count electric vehicles as zero emissions vehicles. Right. Um, and yet liquid fuels are on the hook for, you know, the emissions that come out the tailpipe. And it just sets up this false comparison and false choice for automakers and really forces them to increase their production of electric vehicles when that may not be what their customers want. So right. that's really the focus of, of that legislation is, is re-leveling the playing field. Uh, so that automakers are able to provide the, the choices and options that their customers are looking for. Yeah. Okay, good, good. And then, you know, there's a couple of issues out there that we need to stay focused on. Not a lot of time left here, Jeff, but the Next Gen Fuels Act and year-round availability of E15, another couple of items near the top of your priority list, right? A absolutely, and, and we are looking for any and every opportunity, Chip, yeah. Uh, to, to move that legislation before the end of this year. Uh, of course, that's been made more difficult by the fact, you know, that we don't have a, a speaker in the House. We can't get anything through the House right now. Man. Uh, but we are, we'll be at the ready uh, for when they get their act together. We, we got a couple of things we'd like to see move. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, let, let's get something ready for that Next Gen Fuels Act. I still like the opportunities that that, that that piece of uh, legislation could provide for ethanol producers out there. Jeff, great to talk with you again, man. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me, Chip. Have a good one. You bet. Jeff Cooper, President and CEO, Renewable Fuels Association. I'll be right back. 
I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report, the only weekend television show that features some of agriculture's biggest names. From custom commentary from John Phipps to the stories of antique iron with machinery Pete, to a list of more than 30 marketing analysts, our weekly program focuses on the topics that matter most to you. We invite you to join us each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. Mom's early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take. And when I left the oven on, we decided together that it was time to see a doctor and make a plan. Early detection gave us more time to seek out information and support as a family. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Hey guys, it's me, Isabella Gomez, filling in for Smokey Bear because he's got more to say than just... Only you can prevent wildfires. Like, if you're outside enjoying a barbecue, don't let a hamburger distract you from fire safety. Make sure you aren't dumping your hot coals or ashes onto the ground because that could start a wildfire. So take wildfire prevention seriously and let's save the world one day at a time. Juntos con Smokey Bear, podemos hacerlo. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Hey y'all, I'm Kelly Clarkson. Every American dreams of creating a better life for his or her family, but in some communities, those dreams face difficult challenges. When we come together to help those in need get the same opportunities as everyone else, we truly are making our country a better place to live for all of us. So look for volunteer opportunities in your community to help others achieve the American dream, all right? This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. Every acre tells a story, but to hear it, you need the right tools. Tyrannus Acre Forward Intelligence turns leaf-level data into actionable insights. Read your fields from the palm of your hand. Make decisions with more certainty and speed than ever before. And have a more informed discussion with your retailer to preserve your hard-earned farm legacy, season after season. Every acre tells a story. Find yours at acreforward.com. That's acreforward.com. Always up early, always getting the job done, always working as hard as you can, always pushing for more, because you never settle. For farmers who seek outstanding performance they can count on, the only brand is DeKalb Corn. Featuring a broad portfolio of products, precision bred to maximize profit potential on every field. DeKalb brand, never settle. See us at DeKalb.com. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. For some farmers, soybeans are on their mind 24-7. If you're all about the beans, then Asgrow brand is all about you. That's why we've dedicated ourselves to developing truly localized products. Products with leading genetics and top-tier weed management. Products that maximize the profit potential on every acre you've got. You're serious about soybeans, and we're serious about your success. Visit Asgrow.com. It's all about the beans. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find The Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail. Anyone can choose to make a difference. You can help people succeed, rebuild after disasters, protect the environment, or feed the hungry. Not only will you make a difference for others, but for yourself. You can earn money for college, learn career skills, and make friendships that last a lifetime. Make a difference. Choose your future. Choose AmeriCorps. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Kelly Clarkson, and as the daughter of a school teacher, I know just how important education is. No matter how old you are or your situation, continuing to learn will enrich your life and help remove barriers you didn't even know were there. So much opportunity, y'all. Whether it's a foreign language, history, or a different way to look at things, take some time each day to learn something new. This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force.
Your next piece of equipment is on MachineryPete.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineryPete.com. Welcome back to AgriTalk on this Monday morning. Great conversation with Machinery Pete. Really good info from Jeff Cooper at the Renewable Fuels Association. Would have loved to spend a little bit more time on the um, on the Next Generation Fuels Act with Jeff. And the reason is, if you if you are a regular listener of AgriTalk, you've heard me say this before, uh, but. Uh, there's new listeners all the time. It, the thing with the Next Gen Fuels Act is we need to get the automakers involved in this. We need to get a commitment from the automakers to make that next generation of a combustible engine, that internal combustible engine, uh, so that it, they can use the higher blends, the higher octane. Uh, they'll be lighter weight. They'll burn cooler. They will be higher compression. They'll all be turbocharged. The it, it's it, the technology is known. The technology is there. It is technology that can be used right now, right now, in in cars, in light duty trucks, and they can put it to work. Um. Why we're not going down that path instead of trying to make this leap to EVs when we don't know how reliable the the energy supply system on 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 you know for electricity to charge these batteries is going to be when we we are so far from what will be the technology in those batteries that make EVs make sense. We're so far from that technology right now, it's not even funny. So making the leap now to EVs before we've really got the batteries figured out just seems silly. And to me, it's it's decades away. So let's do what we can now to reduce those greenhouse gas emissions. And man, oh man, the Next Generation Fuels Act, along with the... Uh, the uh, a commitment from the automakers the the engine makers to to use the technology that they know works and to put it in vehicles that that uh we can we can put in dealers lots i think makes a whole lot of sense okay i've mentioned a couple of times during the show here this morning that friday's catalog feed report that it feels like a one-off. Now, what do I mean by that? We got this big increase in the number of calves that entered the feedlot in September. It was expected to be down 2%. Instead, it was up 6%, 6.05%. Now, how, how does something like that happen? How do you get a miss by 8%? Um one of the ways that that happens is weather and a lack of grass and a lack of forward forage um, something that is incentive to that cow calf producer to run those calves through the sale barn and move them into the feed yard at a much quicker pace than what was anticipated now weather is is fine and dandy it's all very important but if you want to look for the incentive it's to move calves into the through the sale barns and into the feed yard just take a look at the daily price chart for november feeder cattle november feeder cattle topped on september 15th at 268.25 and started to dive now it it happens in a hurry. If you've got calves that are all vaxxed and ready to go, all you're doing is waiting for the right time. All you're doing is waiting for that moment that says, doggone it, it looks like this market is topped. I better get them in there. They got it in the middle of the month. You can make a difference. You can make things happen with that much lead time 
before you get to the end of the month. So I think the market triggered the big big movement as well. Uh, guys just uh, wanting to catch the top of the market as quickly as they can. Now, marketing's in September. This was a bit of a head-scratcher for me. Uh, the The average trade estimate on it was 93.2% of year-ago levels, came in at 89.4%. There was one less day in September of 2000, one less business day, one less processing day in September of 2023 than there was in 2022. But it's not like people couldn't look at a calendar and figure that out. So that was built into the average estimate. At least I would assume that it would be. Um, But the fact that it came in that slow, even with weights staying current, you know, for today's market staying current, the marketing's, suggests to me that the feedlot and the the availability of market ready animals it's not like all of a sudden it's going it, the fundamentals on the supply side of this market have changed and it's going to become an overwhelming an overwhelming supply of cattle coming to market but as we make our way through November and clean up some of these calves excuse me through October and clean up some of these calves that did not get marketed in September. That might, again, take a look at the daily price chart. That could be part of the reason that it's been difficult to build some upside momentum in the cash cattle market, and that's taken the steam out of what's happening in the uh, in the uh, live cattle futures. But but like I said, the the supply situation in this market has not changed. It has not changed. Some of the dynamics of how that supply is being managed has changed, but the overall supply, it's not like all of a sudden we've, we're flush with cattle out there and, and everything's going to be okay on the beef side, beef supply side going forward. All right. Hey, thank you so much for listening this morning. Like I said, Davis is out today. We'll have Michelle Rook in this afternoon with the markets, and joining us will be guest analyst Carl Setzer. From Consus Ag Consulting. That's a title change for Carl. We'll find out what's going on with that this afternoon at when we gather at 206 Central right here on Agritalk. Is your dry fertilizer pulling its weight? With Titan XC, your dry fertilizer will work harder than ever before. Ask for Titan XC on your dry fertilizer this fall to maximize nutrient efficiency so you can grow farther with greater yield and return on investment. Available exclusively from Nutrien Ag Solutions. Contact your local Nutrien Ag Solutions crop consultant for more information. Always read and follow label directions. At Simplot Grower Solutions, success starts with seed. For each field condition, climate, and agronomic management style, your local Simplot Grower Solutions crop advisor can help you select and provide the seed that enables you to plant a strong foundation for the growing season. Our team of seed experts are committed to your success and will offer the support you need to optimize your yield potential. Contact your local crop advisor now for your best seed opportunity or visit SimplotGrowerSolutions.com for more information.